1: It's time to reimagine therapy and what it means to be a therapist. We are human beings who can now present ourselves as whole people with authenticity, purpose, and connection. Especially now when therapists must develop a personal brand to market their practices. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widthelm with my co-host Katie Bernoy, and today we have with us Mercedes Samudio. She is a LCSW in La Habra, California, and she is an expert on shame-proof parenting. Welcome, Mercedes. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today.
0: I am so excited to have you on, Mercedes. I know that you and I met long ago, actually, when I interviewed you and hired you in public mental health. And I am so glad that we've stayed connected and have become colleagues and friends. And I would love for you to tell us all about Shameproof Parenting, the parent coaching that you do, and and what you're putting out into the
2: world, because it's such an awesome message. Thank you. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that we have stayed connected that whole time. And I think Mm -hmm. I was saying that when you hired me, I was like, just starting out, I didn't even have any hours towards my infant (laughs) at that time. So we have totally been, you've been on my whole journey. You've seen me grow. So this is awesome to, to be here. Yeah. Um, so as Katie and Kurt said, I am a licensed clinical social worker and parent coach. And I transitioned into doing parent coaching about two years ago in 2015, because I realized that as I was working with my families and family therapy, my parents were really needing a lot of support to kind of help them in the gap between knowing the parenting strategies that they wanted to implement and then actually implementing them and seeing any change happening in their families. And so I began to really look at what was that gap? What was happening with my parents who could read all the blogs, who could read all the books, who would go to all the parenting classes, but were still finding it challenging to implement those ideas and those strategies into their life. Mm -hmm. And as I began to explore that more, I realized that one of the major pieces of that implementation, that barrier to actually executing these ideas um, in their family was this idea of shame and Mm -hmm. how no matter how much they tried to do things, they just felt like they weren't enough, that their mother-in-law was still going to make fun of them or give them advice they didn't want or that the school was still not going to see all the effort that they were putting in because their child would still act up in class and how so much of that shame became part of the huge barrier to them really sticking with parenting strategies and parenting ideas they really want to implement in their families.
0: That is so cool. I love that. I I think the idea of parents feeling shame and that's why they're not implementing things. Just like when I read your book, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what's been missing from some of the parenting that's been done. It's amazing.
1: Speaking of your book, you're uh, an Amazon bestseller. Yes. yes. How, how did you do that?
2: <laughs> yes, that's that's the question, isn't it? I credit a lot of my whole book writing process to my book coach in the name drop, Her name is Morgan McDonald, her business is paper Raven books. And she took me from this idea when I first called her, I said, I want to write a book about helping parents. And she took me from that to Amazon bestseller. We worked the whole process. I didn't even have a single thing written in the book when I started oh, wow. working with her. I had ideas and you know, lots of notes on every single app that I had to screw about. <laughs> 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 didn't actually have anything cohesive. And she helped me put together a cohesive narrative where I could actually present my shame-proof parenting philosophy. And she also helped me learn how to market the book and what to do to really reach that goal of becoming an Amazon bestseller.
0: So how has the book impacted your career, impacted your trajectory? Like, what is the book meant for you?
2: I think overall, what the book has really done for me is it's helped me to put all of my ideas into a concise place. Instead of me having all these, guest blogs and interviews and blogs just everywhere, kind of amorously just being out in the world, I now have a really central idea and space to really share what I've been trying Mm -hmm. to say for the past few years in my work. So it really has helped me to hone in and focus more on my message, on what I really want to say, and it's helped me to even understand more about what I'm trying to say, not just Mm -hmm. in general ending parent shame, but what am I trying to say about that? How are we going to do that? Writing the book really forced me to sit down and say, okay, Mercedes, you want people to do this, how? How would you like for them to do it? How would you like for them to show up in the world this way?
1: What kind of feedback have you received on your book so far?
2: Really positive feedback. I think anytime you're opening yourself up that way, it's so vulnerable and you have no idea if people are going to like it. You assume your family and friends will be nice enough to tell you that they like (laughs) it, but you don't know how other people are going to respond. And I have had such an amazing response to the book. I've had professionals who are also parents read this book and say, thank you. I have had, you know, parents who are not professionals read this book and say, oh my God, Mm-hmm. I had one of my colleagues tell me a couple weeks ago that she came out to see her client who's a parent and they were reading my book and she hadn't even mentioned it to her. So this idea where like oh, it's wow. out there and people are reading it and ex- accessing it. So it feels it feels really good to have that positive response. It feels like, okay, Mercedes, you're saying something. Someone needed to hear this. So yeah, it's really refreshing to have that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you talked about being vulnerable. Writing a book is a vulnerable thing, but you were especially vulnerable in your book. Talk yes. a little bit about how you decided what what you were going to put in your book, how much of yourself you were going to put forward. We talk about being an authentic whole person therapist, yes, and yes. you certainly have
2: done that in your book. So tell us a little yeah. bit about that. It's interesting. I, I've told a lot of people this, but I'll share it here. The intro was not the original intro for the book. So I had a very pedantic, this is what it is, kind of you know, <laughs> intro, because I am a professional and I'm licensed and all these things. And I came up around the time that we were almost done with the first draft of the book. I had like this writer's block where I just couldn't figure out a, another chapter in the book, just couldn't figure out Mm -hmm. what I wanted to say. And my book coach advised me to just do some free writing, just write some stuff, talk about, you know, why you're doing this and get back to that why piece. Don't worry Mm -hmm. about the pedantic piece, just get back to why you're writing this. And the story that eventually became my intro is what came out of that free writing. It was pretty much how, or maybe my first indication that shame was going to be a part of my life and how it was going to shape everything that Mm -hmm. I did. And so I remember us going over it and just talking about it. And she asked me, well, how would you feel about making this the intro? How would you feel about letting everyone know? know That even though you don't have kids and even though you're not someone who has this experience as a parent, how do you know? How do you have this kind of foundation in shame and what it meant to help parents get away from that shame or to understand and be aware of that shame? And at my first initial reaction was, No, I can't. What that was, that was a journal, that was like a free writing thing. Yeah, and then as she began to help me craft it in a way that felt very authentic and it felt like it was a way for me to share it and then not just be a journal entry, but it'd be a nice, authentic in- intro to the book book, I felt very confident putting that in there and then weaving in more stories of my life and then even ending the book, the conclusion of the book with becoming a shame-proof person myself Mm -hmm. allowed me to make certain decisions and set certain boundaries in my relationship with my mother. So I felt like that initial intro just kind of allowed me to say, okay Mercedes, you're stepping into this and you're stepping into who you really are and not to Mm -hmm. be afraid of that, not to feel like your professional licensed self has to be so disconnected from your personal journey that you've gone on.
1: Great. How do you balance being a licensed clinician and a coach. Can you walk me through a little bit of of how you see that dividing line?
2: I've always said, and I'll continue to say, I think licensed clinicians actually make the best coaches because we understand the piece that I think sometimes people who don't have that mental health foundation miss. And that's the idea of what happens when people are moving through change. It's not just goals. It's not just that they don't want it. It's not just that they haven't manifested it. It's that there's a real barrier. It's a real psychological barrier sometimes between setting a goal and actually accomplishing it. And so I think for me, that has become my distinction that I don't necessarily work in a therapeutic foundation with my my parents, but I'm working in a way of understanding how are you going to move through change? You want to be this type of parent and this is the parent you are now. So I kind of say I'm working in the maintenance phase of therapy where the first two (laughs) phases are really that deeper work, that assessment stuff. And I feel like I get to do the work where that person has already gone through that deep stuff. And now they're just trying to maintain all of that healing and they're trying to integrate that healing into their everyday life. And that's what I'm helping them with.
0: I love that. I know that I'm also a coach in addition to being a licensed clinician. And I know there's a lot of flack that uh, coaches get. uh, And you've also then put yourself out there in a very vulnerable way in your book. You're also very, very public in your message, which I don't know that all therapists want to hear. And so there's, you're really putting yourself on the line in so many different ways. How
2: do you manage that? And how does it show up for you, I guess, first? Well, I at the end of the day, when you think about who, while you're doing this work, I'm not doing it for the adoration of my fellow colleagues. I'm doing it because I really have, I really have a passion for parents. You know, I Mm -hmm. love, love, I always call them my parents. I don't call them clients. I say my parents, my families, Mm -hmm. my kids because that's kind of where I get to show up maternally. You know, Mm -hmm. my husband and I decided this year that we weren't going to have kids and so struggling with this idea of, okay, you're not ever going to be a parent. That's something that you don't want, but you're working with parents. Why? And it's Mm because I love it. I get to share. I get to have that maternal piece of myself come up when I am holding the space for my parents, when Mm -hmm. I'm holding the space for their families, when I'm holding the space for them to come into their parenting identity. It's almost like I am, you know, quote unquote, their mother, you know, their, Mm -hmm. their parenting figure where it's like, I'm here for you. I'm holding that nurturing space for you. And so when I'm dealing with maybe some of the backlash and maybe some people turning up their nose about me being a coach, I kind of put that on the back burner. And I remember, what are you actually doing? How many people have you actually supported? and helped. You know, how many people still come to you and say, thank you for that one piece that you gave us in that last session. That's what I'm doing it for. It would be yeah. nice if my colleagues understood that. But I mean, you know, we're all on our own journeys. We're all humans as well as therapists and clinicians. And I can't expect my clinicians and my colleagues and my friends to always understand what I'm doing because they're on their own journey. So yeah. I ex- I respect that. I respect that some people don't understand how coaching is beneficial or how coaching can be a healthy modality when done with the right mindset. I, I respect that people aren't there yet, but I also know that I do really great work with my parents and I love the work that I do and that's what I'm doing it for.
1: Thrizer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate upfront. From the client's perspective, Thryzer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thrizer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their coinsurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf.
0: They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thryser.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions.
1: When we work with families, and my specialty is working with adolescents, so I'm I'm very much in that, that same atmosphere, we find ourselves really embracing a lot of the universe of the kids that we work with. And what we do know about you is that you're a bit of a geek. How do you... <laughs> God yes how do you incorporate your interest in sci-fi and Harry Potter into yes. the the yeah. work that you do uh, Mostly
2: with my kids so I have parents that will bring their kids to me and say oh he doesn't talk to anybody she's never talked to anybody no matter who we mm-hmm. take her to you know and I'll say you know what are you into and I'll say this 10 times out of 10 whoever they're into if I haven't heard of them I can easily figure out who they are and what they're about mm-hmm. and totally relate to them because I am a huge geek so um, <laughs> I talk about Avengers I talk about Harry Potter I talk about you know anime like I know my kids Will be like oh do you know at this i'm like oh yeah you know i saw this <laughs> last week or <laughs> You know, I, I watch Twitch. So I don't know if you guys know what Twitch is, but it's like an online um, streaming app where mm-hmm. uh, gamers stream 24-7 and they're always playing video games. So I know about all the latest games that are out and, and oh, all wow. of that. So I'm constantly kind of plugged into what teens are experiencing. I love social media probably as much as kids do. So I know what they're doing on there. I feel like I kind of always have that space. And I feel like being able to relate to my kids actually lets my parents feel like, okay, they're in a safe space. There's someone there that yeah. understands them, but there's also someone there that understands their kids and so I find that my geekiness actually a lot endears me to my families a lot because they're like okay you're not some person who's just you know with a license and is totally detached from reality you yeah. Really yeah. know what's going on in the world you know you have this license and you have this clinical skill set but you also show up as a human in these sessions with us you show up as a person who watches Netflix you show up as a person who binge watches tv shows all <laughs> weekend you know like you know what that is and it's like yeah. yes I do know what that is <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Kurt has some favorite metaphors and analysis that he's done on some of his sci-fi favorites. Do you have any metaphors or analysis that you've done on some of these
2: sci-fi or, or fantasy uh, shows that you've shared with clients? Uh, yeah, quite a bit. I mean, I haven't <laughs> done it, I haven't done it like as formally, maybe as Kurt has, like I haven't brought it to like videos and blogs and stuff like that. I want to, uh, that's, that's been part of my trajectory though, coming from sharing my book and my vulnerability to actually show more of my And not be Mm -hmm. such a blank slate clinician, but to really show show up a little bit more. So next year, you're probably going to see a lot more of that in my work. But what I really like doing is talking about how families have such a huge influence on us. And so I like to definitely use a lot of the family shows that are out there. I definitely talk about Harry Potter a lot. Um, (laughs) Recently, I have actually brought into the idea of like the family dynamics in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Thor and Loki, like sibling stuff, how that's (laughs) so real. That's exactly how siblings are with each other or even the relationship between Tony Stark and Captain America as brothers. They're not biological mm-hmm. brothers, but they definitely have a, a sibling-like relationship. So mm-hmm. I have brought that into a few sessions and I'm looking at how to bring that maybe into like a blog series or a YouTube series just so people can see how they can bring that into their work with their kids as well.
1: And even when you can sit with a family, sit with a young adolescent and talk with the family as far as which Harry Potter house do you guys belong to? Mm-hmm. And you've got a kid who's who's I'm I'm slithering, my parents are Hufflepuff like. Yes.
2: yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Then you yes. got to turn I'm to the parents.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a total Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I, we have to allow Kurt his most favorite metaphor or or family dynamics analysis because he's been wanting to show this forever. So this gives us an excuse, Mercedes. Nice. My,
1: my family dynamic and <laughs> teaching family systems really comes out of the Star Wars universe and the dynamics of the Skywalker family and, <laughs> in destroying everything that Bowen ever talked about. <laughs>
2: I love that. Oh my God. Are you going to like put that out into the world? Please do. I think that,
1: that we've got to almost dedicate an entire episode to this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: Kurt's so excited about this. So I was like, <laughs> I got to find an excuse to have him say something so he'll actually start putting <laughs> putting words down in paper and putting it out in the world. And I'm just going to throw this out here. I don't know. I'm sure you've seen The Force Awakens. There's so many family dynamics there too.
1: Like, Oh, absolutely.
2: Circling back to the book and to, you
0: know, how you're putting yourself out there more and becoming more vulnerable, potentially doing more of the geek stuff because, you know, you know, you and I are both like big Harry yeah. Potter fans. So yes. I'm with you on this. How are you putting yourself out there in 2018?
2: Um, one of the things that I've really enjoyed doing as a result of having the book is doing a lot of speaking. Mm-hmm. So I am thinking about just more speaking engagements, more workshops. I did my first webinar ever for professionals under kind of learning more about the shame proof parenting philosophy and how they can bring that into their work with parents, whether it's mm-hmm. with teens and this kind of engage the parents or they're actually working with parents. I did that in October of 2017. So this year I want to be doing it again. I want to have a couple more of those webinars come out because what I learned is that as professionals, sometimes without doing it on purpose, we inadvertently bring more shame into how parents are living their lives. And so really wanting to help my professionals learn how to engage parents and keep them engaged without inadvertently bringing that shame into their parenting identity as well. And so that feels like the next step Mm -hmm. after writing the book, after doing all the work with parents is now to kind of put this into the professional world and how we as professionals can support parents and hold a better space for parents.
0: Say more about how therapists or other Professionals might bring shame inadvertently into this conversation.
2: I think there's this idea that when parents bring their kids to us that we have to fix the family. And we sometimes don't always give the faculty back to the parents to do that fixing. And I think parents also do it. They come in, they say, here's my kid, bye, you know, sit (laughs) with them for an hour and tell me what to do next. But I really think it's important for us as professionals to sit with our parents too and hold the space for them. Because I think our parents, well, I don't think I know, our parents are still human too. And Mm -hmm. they're still struggling with all of the different identities they have to contend with, as well as trying to cultivate their parenting identity. And so what I teach a lot of people when I'm talking a lot of professionals about the shame-proof parenting framework is that research books all that stuff has a huge value and it's a nice weight but that's the framework it's not the meat and so you really want to take all that research that we found in the past couple of years about parenting and the effects of child like how it affects children in the long term but then also sitting with a parent in their face and saying tell me more about your parenting identity how did you mm-hmm. come into that parenting identity what was your vision is that still in alignment with who you are today? And how, you know, where's that gap with who you wanted to be versus who who you are today? And how Mm -hmm. can we help? And then you bring in the research on how to help. So if there's a parent who's struggling with discipline, tons of research about that. Mm-hmm. There's a parenting, you know, a parent struggling with their own trauma, tons of research about how trauma infiltrates the parenting identity. And then again, if, and I'll just kind of plug myself, if you have a parent that's dealing with shame, hey, there's a whole book about that where you can bring that <laughs> in and say, hey, here's another resource to manage that. So really, I, I think for me, it's going to be talking to professionals about integrating all the work and the clinical skill set that you have with actually holding a space for an actual human, trying to develop mm-hmm. an identity while they're and, sitting in the room with you.
0: And not blaming them for or not being able to implement things or not yeah. making it seem like it's totally doable all the time. Yes. Because I think that's just unreasonable expectations right. that people then take in as right. shame.
1: Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered.
0: Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code modern for two months free.
1: A lot of times there is an influence, much like in the parenting cycle, of the people who work with us when we're in our development. So what can Mm. you share with us about Katie's impact on you in your early (laughs) development?
2: Oh, 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 no. No, I'm on the spot and me, Kurt. Thanks. Actually, I'm happy you asked that because I think, you know, like I said at the beginning of uh, you know our interview that Katie's watched me go from being a no hours clinician just starting out in the mental health world to now, you know, both of us having thriving practices and living, you know, these lives. And I feel mm-hmm. like one of the things that I have to say, and I don't know if I've ever said this to you, Katie, is thank you for giving me a chance. I said in that, oh, you know, wow. interview and I was like, yes, I just got out of school. I can't <laughs> <pants>. <laughs> Let me work here. You know, and you mm-hmm. did and you did, and you gave me a chance. Chance to prove myself and you gave me a chance to get out there in the world and do kind of what I'm, I'm talking about now, which is take all those clinical skills that I learned and spent a lot of money on to learn um, <laughs> and actually do it in the real world. And so thank you for that. That's I feel like that's the, been the, the biggest contribution is that when someone gives you that chance, you know, going yeah. out of school, just mm-hmm. trying to figure out, you know, who you are as a clinician, someone to say, okay, here's a job, go out there and, and, and figure it out. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. You're welcome, but
0: it, you totally earned. You were, you're awesome. <laughs> <Thank> you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I think
0: another big piece that I want to know about is as you're speaking more, as you're, you know, you've written two books now because you have The Homework Wars and you yes. also have Shame-Proof Parenting. There's a direction you're going. What's the big vision? I
2: think the big vision, if I'm being completely honest, is to change the way we see parents and how we mm-hmm. help raise parents. I think that's the bigger vision. In terms of kind of the steps that get there, I think right now I'm focusing on, like I said, the speaking, really kind of putting myself out there with this philosophy, eventually one day having a parenting identity model that we're actually using, that we're actually mm-hmm. teaching clinicians in their their graduate program. So definitely this idea of shifting our perspectives, not just giving parents parenting strategies, but really shifting the way that we see humans who choose to become parents, really mm-hmm. kind of changing that framework. That I feel like that's the bigger idea. All the little steps aren't all uh, fleshed out yet how to do yeah. that. But <laughs> I think at the end of the day, if I die and someone's like, Mercedes is the reason why we see parents differently, I feel like I did something. Nice. Um, I have to say, like, I feel like as I was talking about that, that's how I feel about like Salvador Mnuchin and all the people who I learned, where it's like, they are like I personally believe Salvador Minuchin is the reason why I did family therapy. Learning mm-hmm. structural family therapy is like the reason why I went into it. And so I want to be that person for someone else where they're like, I work with parents because I read this and I know this about Mercedes mm-hmm. studio. Like, I don't know how, how silly that sounds, but that's kind of how it feels. Like that's what I would like one day to have that piece. Well, it's a huge calling. It seems like yeah. it's just very, it's
0: a powerful drive for you. Yeah. And I think that not everybody has that. And so yeah. not everybody's going to understand it, kind of circling back to kind of the haters, you know, yeah. like, yeah. like I see that for you. I see how yeah. driven you are and how much you're pursuing that, but it's, it's just so awesome. It's awesome that you're willing to put yourself forward yeah. to have that big of an impact.
1: Yeah, that's what I want. As we're more and more in the 21st century, you bring up Mnuchin, I've brought up Bowen a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that weren't as prevalent during their time at now is mm-hmm. really moving into blended families mm-hmm. and incorporating a couple of different households, a couple of different parenting styles as you incorporate yeah. step parenting in. How do you go about approaching that when really some of the the big theoretical structures before really weren't faced with that as often?
2: Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I really love structural family therapy because I think even though that wasn't huge then, the main foundation of what Mnuchin was saying is so important where that when you understand how families work, that joining piece, oh man, that felt like so culturally significant when I learned it. Really being able to join into a family and see how they set up their family, see where maybe some of the barriers are and really helping the family to become aware of those barriers and how to restructure so that way everyone feels like they are a healthy unit in the family, right? So that whole structure is working in tandem together in conjunction with everybody's strengths and weaknesses, I feel like it's something that can be applied to multiple families, not just step families, but even foster families, adoptive families, kinship families, which is the kind of family Mm. I grew up with. Um, You know, these ideas where families are literally made up of humans. They're not made up of titles. (laughs) They're not made up of parents and kids. They're made up of humans. And so when we look at how each human shows up in the family and how to help each human be aware of each other, I think that that's something that, again, going back to Mnuchin, I'm a geek from Mnuchin, that's something that I feel like he really understood. I feel like it's something that he really, even though, again, he doesn't have to deal with some of the, he never had to deal with some of the other things that we're dealing with now, social media and how that affects people Mm -hmm. and communication. I think the idea of just understanding that A family structure is sacred. And when you're coming into it, you're joining with it. You're not coming in to dismantle it. You're joining Mm -hmm. into it. Mm -hmm. And you are learning how to help them become aware, how to help them restructure. So that way you can kind of get out of it without taking all of that with you. Right. That's that's mm-hmm. something that I've always been aware of, where when I join in, I should be able to step out if I've done my work well and they still be a well um, structured family without me there mm-hmm. to kind of be, you know, the, the notes and bolts. I've helped them learn what the notes, and, the nuts and bolts are. So in a roundabout way, I feel like that is something that, yes, some of. The other family model theory models haven't really understood that, but I feel like yeah. Minuchin was just so timeless in that way. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm biased. Someone else might say no, Bowen, no, Satir, and that's fine. I don't mind having those discussions, but I just feel like Mnuchin just really got that. He understood that that crux of a family.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you've really grounded yourself in theory and then used that as a platform to then add the shame proof parenting on top to really add the extra
2: pieces. And that's really, you know, kind of how things evolve. If I could have gone back to myself when I learned structural family therapy, my face was just like, oh, my God, like my jaw hit the floor. I was like, this is what I'm (laughs) going to do. This is why I'm paying USC. This is it. (laughs) I knew it right then, the first time I learned it. And so it's been with me forever. It's going to be with me forever.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we do put ourselves out there, and you talked about a lot of the positive feedback that you've gotten. Is there been anything that's really surprised you or really caught you off guard in some of the feedback that you've received?
2: No, not yet. I think because I put myself myself out there a little bit older. So I wrote my books. I was 31. I wasn't like a kid. I think Mm -hmm. I had gotten through a lot of that stuff, that fear of what people were going to think, that idea that no one's going to Like me, I had gotten through it enough where I understood that it's about them and their Mm -hmm. journey and where they're at. It's not so much about me and what I have presented. So when I say it doesn't surprise me, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. There are definitely people who send like little messages and little things, oh, I didn't know you did this. And oh, is that what you're doing? And, you know, just those little things. And I just, you know, I say, yes, that's what I'm doing. If you want to know more, here's my website. God bless you know, I wish you the best. I don't really worry about it as much. Mm -hmm. And then I've also kind of have a nice amount of colleagues that when that happens and it feels really daunting, I'll just text them and say, Hey, something just, you know, really bad just happened. Can I talk to you about it? Or I just had this really horrible run in with a colleague who I thought was cool. Can I talk to you about it? And that Mm -hmm. kind of helps ground me. So I don't carry that with me. I don't go around thinking, Oh, Kurt really hates me. You know, I'll just (laughs) kind of, you know, send a text and say, Hey, had this run in, can we talk? And knowing that those colleagues will hold that information in Confidence, it won't become a broadcast thing. It really helps, I think, ground me mm-hmm. when I'm putting myself out there. That I know that if anything comes back haters or people not understanding me or people misinterpreting what I say I have a space to go to where I can just dump some of that stuff, and my other friends and colleagues can say, Hey, you're fine. That was just Katie. You know how Katie can be just go about life. <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> I don't walk around holding that stuff. And I'm using you two as my hypotheticals because neither of you have ever done either of those things to me.
0: Yeah, I think the piece that I'm really taking from what you're saying is that having the grounding of a supportive community, feeling a a strong sense of self and an understanding of what you're doing and why you're doing it helps you to then take that big leap into putting yourself out there in a big way with a message that's huge and, you know, driving you so forcefully towards this big mission. So, you know, it seems to me like even though it's terrifying to put yourself out in that way and be vulnerable, the fact that you've grounded yourself and all of that is helping you to, to be able to keep moving forward, even when there's haters or if, you know, like Kurt or I are kind of jerks or something like, you know, you can handle it because you've got, you've got your backup.
1: (laughs) So Mercedes, where can people find you and your practice?
2: Uh, The best place to start is shameproofparenting.com on that site. My book is up there, my blogs, um, my YouTube show, as well as all the links to my social media are there. So that's probably the best place to start if you wanna connect with
1: Great, and we will include links to all of those in our show notes today. Please also make sure that you are following us on our Facebook, Twitter, and you can check out mtsgpodcast.com to find out about the workshops and conferences that we're putting on, including the very exciting Therapy Reimagined Conference coming out in October where you get to see us in person and teaching our craft. Thank you, Mercedes, for joining us. And for Katie and myself, have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thrizer. They are passionate about making out of network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thriser.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions.
0: Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code modern gets you two free months.